0: Hello and welcome back to the Audio DT with Reb T, the Audio Devar Torah with Reb T, the show where we talk about the Parsha of the Week with some practical lessons to keep. We have finally made it to one of my favorite characters in the Torah, maybe one of my favorite characters in the entire Tanakh. That, of course, is that of Avraham, the great personality of Avraham, the great pillar of Chesed, Avraham. Before we talk a little bit about Avraham himself, I want to talk about the idea of the wording of the Parsha, go for yourself, travel for you. Of course we know the phraseology me me el areka. I don't remember who who said it, maybe it was a sage or a rabbi or a commentator. Somebody said that the the way that the phraseology is in the Pasik shows that there was a greater level of difficulty in each thing Avraham did because the land where we live our community our land, our property, our neighborhood is one thing. When you leave your neighborhood, it's one thing. When you leave to go somewhere else, to leave your place of residence is one thing. Then leaving your house is another thing. Leaving your family, extended family, is definitely a higher thing. And then leaving your parents, your, your close family, is very difficult. So it says, Or whatever the phraseology is. but it goes higher and higher. He had to leave his neighbor, and he had to leave his house, he had to leave his family. He went with Sarah and Lot to somewhere else, and he left everything else. Behind, because each aspect is something more dear to us. Each aspect is more difficult and harder to leave. First, you think about the idea of making aliyah. Not going to talk about that right now. Of course, it's the place we should be, and we all should hopefully be there. Mir to soon with the coming Sheikh and the Beit Hamikdash. Hopefully, we could go there personally when the time is right. It would be wonderful. But you think about someone who makes aliyah, someone else who leaves first. They leave their community, they leave their house. They leave their friends, they leave their extended family of cousins, and the hardest thing to leave behind is parents and siblings, if they're not going to go with them. Of course, taking immediate family of your wife and kids, and if you're the, the forerunner, if the wife is the one deciding, and then the husband and the kids comes along, but everybody else left behind is difficult. But each stage is more and more difficult, leaving the community, leaving the, the shul, leaving your house, leaving your friends, leaving your your family, your extended family, and then closer family, until it's just the nuclear family, the immediate family that goes. And for Abraham, it was probably very difficult to leave his homeland, to leave his family, to leave everything behind. Of course, he was a very spiritual person. He was on a very high level. But for him to leave must have been very difficult. And it could be considered one of his many tests. Of course, we know there were 10 trials, 10 uh, that Abraham had to go through. And there's different lists. The the Rashi has one Ramban has another one, but whoever says, whichever test it was, it definitely was a test of faith and a trial on some level, if not one of the ten trials, to have to leave this and go to this land. Hashem is going to tell him where to go. You know, I don't know if he had his possessions with him, what he was able to take with him. We don't know who can, who really went with him besides for Sar and Lot. Very difficult. But if we look at the phraseology of Lech Lecha, travel for yourself, we could take a lesson ourselves about traveling for yourself. When you're traveling on the way. when you're going on the way when you're going about your business every day Where do you travel and how do you travel? What do you travel with? What do you take with you on your travels? Not even if you're going on a big expedition. Not even if you're going on a big trip. If you're going stomp to work, if you're not working remotely during our crazy times here in 2020. If you have to go to work, what do you take with you? Do you just take some food with you? What about your spiritual nourishment? What's your lech lecha? What are you traveling with? What are you leaving behind? or What are you taking with you? Do you bring a Sefer with you to work? Do you listen to a Sheer with you on the way to work? Do you take some time from your busy workday to learn a little bit, go to a Jewish website, pull out a Sefer, or pull out a a podcast or a Sheer or a video to watch that's Torah-based? What are you traveling with? What are you doing that's Lech Lecha? What are you traveling to and traveling from? Hopefully the Torah goes with you. When I used to go to work before I had a ride on the train in the morning, I would always try to listen Blineda to the Daf, And in the afternoon, a lot of times, not every day, but sometimes I would listen to the Parsha or read Aish. Sometimes back in the day, I would read through the Parsha itself. What do you do on the train to and fro? What do you do on the tr- travel ride if you're driving to and from work? And what are you doing at work? If you have breaks, is it wasted on kind procrastination or Maybe a little bit of the Jewish websites, Eish and Chabad, OU, YU—all these wonderful organizations, wonderful websites—you could be a part of. Because when we're traveling, when it's lech lecha, when you're traveling for yourself going to a place, traveling to a place, what can we do? We should always take our Torah on the way. We should always travel on the way. Take it with us, whatever we do, wherever we're going. Even if it's a little bit of Torah. Even if it's a little bit. it sure doesn't have to be 400 minutes. doesn't even have to be an hour. If you listen for 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20, 30 minutes, whatever you listen to, you should take it with you and you should travel with you. Just the idea of Lechocha, going on the way for yourself, what are you going to take with you when you're traveling? We think about the idea of the character of Avraham. A lot of the characters in the Torah especially Moshe, Avram Yaakov, the Shvatim, these were like large Noah and the Adam, these were like larger than life people. Very hard to relate to these people, understanding what they were all about, but we have to remember, for sure they were human you know, in, in Judaism, in our way of life, we don't portray anyone as without sin, we don't portray anyone as, as infallible, that they were not human on any aspect, God forbid, of course they were human, they were very, very high level, they were very spiritual and they're very lofty, but it doesn't mean that they weren't human God forbid of course they were human and the Torah reflects that for us that a lot of times there are failings and faultings and failures that are pointed for us specifically you know there are different times that the Avos are portrayed that they have characteristics that show that they are fallible you know it shows about moshe striking the rock getting angry it shows about yaakov upset at his wife and even avram and Yitzchak, showing that they're actual human showing that they have the character traits because the torah is not just a book about laws it's not just a book about perfect beings because nobody is perfect except for hashem but the avos as amazing as they were of course were still human still had some things that Hashem faulted them for and still had some aspects to work on so we can look up to these characters and we should look up to these characters and for me one of the main characters to look up to is Avraham because Avraham exemplifies the trait of chesed he stands for the aspect of chesed and for me for many years for some reason i feel very drawn to that i feel very connected to that i like to do i like to give especially with the hands whether i'm cooking for someone or giving something or, or buying something or getting something or giving something for some reason i feel connected to that so for me personally Avram is a great role model, one of my favorite characters, my favorite personas, what an amazing character he was. You think about Avram, he wanted to do, it's mainstay for him was emor ma'at be'aseh be. We'll learn in the Parsha when Avram has to go bury Sarah later on in Chaya Sarah before he buries her, he goes to Ephron. Ephron was not a great character, very greedy. Ephron was the opposite of Avram. Ephron said a lot but did a little. He said, "Yeah, take this piece of land. Between us, friends, what is it? Take it." And then he charged Avram four hundred silver shekels. You know how much money that was? Some people calculate nowadays was two million dollars for a little piece of land that had nothing on it—a little cave. But Avram gladly paid it. When Avram has the guests right after his brit milah, coming up in the, in in the Torah. You know, he wants guests. He's pained not to have guests. And he's in major torturous pain. They say the third day after the Briss Mila, all of us wouldn't really know because we had it when we were eight days old. But... You know, after three days, it's the most painful, and he's running to have guests. And when he has the guests, he says, "Come to my come to my tent, have a little bit of milk, a little bit of meat. I'll give you a little bit." Do you know what he serves them? He gives he slaughters a calf for each of them just to have a full tongue. He gives them these fattened calves. He gives them a ton of milk. He gives them all this food they weren't even human to begin with. They were angels. They couldn't eat. They looked like they were eating. There was a fire burning within them, maybe metaphorically. That sort of ate the food. They looked like they ate the food because Bemakal. Them, um, in a place of someone says you can't deviate from their Herod, so they pretended to be men which is another thing the commentators point out a lesson when you're in someone's place, you act like them and you follow the laws and the customs. But anyway, Avam was emor ma'ad ve'aseh, he said a little bit, but did a lot because he was very generous. He was very chesed-oriented. He was very giving. The idea of going with name as din, just because it says to give tzedakah one tenth doesn't mean you should only give a tenth. If you can give more, you should really give more. If it's not going to break your bank, you really should give more. You have more resources, more time, Somebody calls you for a minute for a question, give them 10 minutes. Someone calls you for one idea, give them five ideas. Like Abraham, go above and beyond. He was an awesome character, a pillar of chesed, and a pillar of generosity, which to me is probably the best trait, if not one of the best traits to have in your own life. Such a wonderful persona to try to follow, to try to be a part of. Look what prickly Alvis talks about. When it comes to Avraham, of course, there's a million things you could say about Avraham. But in our time together, I try to keep it to a, a, a time slot. We used to do 10, now we go up to 30, 40, whatever of that week. So we try to give just a, a few sources, of course, with the help of Safari and Chabad this week. So Safari points out the text of Perkei Avos in five two and 5, three, And Hey Bet and Hey Gimon. Asara there are 10 generations from Noach to Avram why were there 10 generations why is it important to know 10 10 of course is a very big figure in Judaism the Aseris Adibros and Asar Nisjonas and the Nisim. obviously the whole Perkei in Perkei has a lot about 10 anyway there's 10 generations from Noach to Avram there's also 10 generations from Adam to Noach so from Noach to Avram what do we know about this 10 it's ordered to make us known what long suffering it says for all those generations kept on provoking Hashem, kept on provoking Hashem, you know from the Mabu and then the Dorah flugo and they did the Migdal Bavel and they kept on just doing bad, bad, bad until Avraham came along and received the reward of all of them. Avraham was one person but he received the reward of all of those generations before him. It shows you the power of one. It shows you the capability of one. What one person can do is astounding. What one person can do is astonishing. You have the power. You have the ability. You have the capability to change. The world, Avram was one person, and he recognized the stars and, and Hashem at a young age. Some say three, other people say forty, whatever. Some people say different ages, but definitely early in his life. You know, he had a he had a lifetime of like 170 years, up uh, 175 years, I believe, if I'm thinking correctly. That's a lot of years, and early on, he already saw Hashem, and he was able through his influence, through his charismatic personality, or whatever type of personality he had. Uh, we learn in one of the partials about Avraham and Sarah they took the souls that they made in Han what do you mean they took the souls? what souls did they make? they created Neshamas? they created a soul? so according to an explanation Avraham was able to be Mekarev the men and Sarah was able to be makariv the woman. It says that after Avram fed them, he said, you know, they thanked him for the meal. He said, why are you thanking me? I'm not the one that grew the wheat. I'm not the one that made the water. I'm not the one that made this food. It all comes from Hashem. Come, let's sit down and let's bless God together. He did it in a way to know, first let me give them the food. Then let's bring Hashem into the picture. You know, first let's eat, and then we'll talk he knew he had the ultimate formula for Kiev, way before all these wonderful organizations of nowadays, maybe the original Mikariv was Avraham. He was able to bring people together, all the Nefashos, all the people he influenced and he swayed to the service of Hashem was all the way back, and he was one person, the power of one person. You are one person, but you have the power to change the world. We always talk about you have an idea, you have a uh you have an innovation, you have an invention, you have something you want to bring to the world, you gotta do it. You gotta point it out. You gotta let everybody hear about it. You gotta show the world because you have the power to influence the world to change the world Avram was one person but the whole course of history changed because of him you also are one person but you can definitely change the world through different aspects of your qualities your capability your talents and different traits so Avram came and he took all that reward from all those generations because he came about and he was able to receive the reward of everything and then Perkeros also points out in the next Mishnah in 5.3 three hegemon with 10 trials was avraham our father may he rest in peace tried avram was slammed with 10 different nisiones 10 different trials of course one of them was the akedah sietzchag and there's differing opinions which were exactly the ten. One of them could have been the banishment of Yishmael according to different opinions, because that was anathema to his nature, totally against the chesed nature of kicking someone out. So he had to do that. And of course, different ones, and or caused him when he was thrown into the fire for believing in Hashem by Nimrod, and he came out unscathed, and his brother ran in, but his, he didn't come out also a terrible time for Avraham. Then he took Lot with him. As a result, as a response, he felt responsible for him, maybe. But Avram had these ten trials, and he withstood all of them. And with each trial, he was raised above and, and above and above and above with like a banner of de- declaring to the world that he's an Ever Hashem until he finally did a Kedah Sioskok, and he wasn't raised any higher than that because he reached this, the top, the pinnacle of his Mission and his being. We don't see that Hashem talks to Avram so much after that last trial because he reached his purpose, and the story moves over to Yitzchak because he was tried and tested again and again and again. And only with the Akedah is it really said outright in the text, "This is a trial. This is a test," because it was never made to come to fruition. All the other tests and trials he had to do, he had to banish Shemal, he had to be thrown into the fire. But Yitzchak, obviously, he wasn't really slaughtering Yitzchak. It was the Akedah, Yitzchak. It was the binding of Yitzchak, not the killing of Yitzchak. God forbid because that was the only one that was really a test. All of them were trials that had to be taken to completion and moving from from outside of Israel to Israel, of course, he had to actually move, but Israel, he didn't actually have to kill. It was just binding him. But anyway, he stood, withstood all of these tests to make known how great was the love of Avram, our father, for Hashem and how lo- how great the love of Hashem was for Avram. We should realize in our own life, Hashem sends us things to test us, to to try out things on us, to give us trials. But we should realize and be raised each time with another banner, another degel, another flag, coming closer and closer to Hashem, understanding, withstanding whatever Hashem says, sends to us, we know, everything that Hashem sends to us is for the best, Rabbi Akiva would say, and Gamza Latova, Rabbi Akiva's teacher, Nachanish Gamzi would say, everything that Hashem sends to us, the Gemara points out, everything that is sent to us from Hashem is only good, we don't know why it's good, we don't understand why it's good, we don't know how it's going to play out, but Hashem only sends things that are for our best, Hashem tries us and tests us because He loves us, if He didn't test us, if He didn't try, maybe he didn't. He wouldn't love us and that would be a very scary thing the Gemara says if you go 40 days without any test or trial or any nisyonus or any hardship you should be very worried because something's not right Hashem always sends something to us Hashem wants to try us and trial us and test us to see how we respond are we going to respond in a good way are we going to respond in a torah way and in a mitzvah-oriented way, a schar way, where we try to raise ourselves up and, and stand up to the test? So Hashem sends you traffic. Are you going to be angry? Are you going to start yelling and cursing? What is the point of that? It's a waste of time, a waste of effort. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. Understand, everything comes from Hashem. Everything's for the best. You're cursing. your anger. You're yelling at the traffic. Yelling at the things around you makes no sense. Why don't you take it with stride. Okay, so I'm going to be a few minutes late home. I'm going to be a few minutes late to the meeting. I can't do anything about it anyway. The stimulus is there. I can't control the traffic. The response, my response is what I can control. Avram teaches us that he was given so many trials. So often he could have wanted to give up. So often he could have said, this is it, Hashem. This is just too much for me already. But he never said that. He always stood up to the test. And he got higher and higher and higher until he reached the pinnacle of his mission of existence and it says by his life after his death, it says the years, the days of the years of his life. Why? Because not only did he live his years to the fullest, he lived his life to the fullest, but he lived every day to the fullest. Can we say that we live every day to the fullest? Can we look back at night and say, wow, this was a good day. I used my time really nicely today. I was involved in really good things today. A lot of Torah I was involved in today. A lot of mitzvahs and chesed I was involved with today. I made good use of my day. Time is the only commodity we can never get back. People talk about wasting time, killing time. And you're really wasting and killing time if you don't use it properly. Time will never get back. We're only given a limited amount of time in our life, 120 years. What are you going to do with your days? What are you going to do with your hours and minutes? What are you going to do with your years on this earth? You can never get time back. If you're late, you can never make that up. But you're early, you could always do something with that time. What are you going to do with your time? Can we say that your days were fully complete can we say your years were fully complete? What are they going to say about you after 120 years? Oh, he made so much money. such a big house, such a big car. He really lived up to the Joneses like the neighbors. No, no one ever talks about that. What are they going to say at your funeral after 120 years? Sorry to be morbid, but this point always is stuck in my head from Muster Shmuzes from Rav Eli back in the day in, in Yeshiva. What are they going to say about you after 120 years? What are they going to write about you? How would they eulogize you, God forbid? Are they going to say you made the most of your day of you, years, he was a really generous person. He was a really giving person. He was always looking for the mitzvah, the next chesed, the next mitzvah, the next way to help someone else. He was such a selfless person. Such a giving person. She was such a selfless giving, chesed, mitzvah oriented person. That's a really wonderful thing. Keter Shem Tov is the one that's on top. More than priesthood and kingship and royalty, the good name, what you do and leave behind in this world, the reputation you leave, that's all you have after 120 years. And from Avra he made the most of his time. He did. A, he said a little, but did a lot to make sure that his days and his years were really used. And he stood up to all of his trials. We know Perkei Elvos also teaches us in Hayyutet the different traits Avram leaves to us in our spiritual DNA. Our ancestor Avram bequeathed to us in His DNA through spirituality within the core of our being that we're supposed to have a few things. We know that as Jewish people we're supposed to be compassionate, we're supposed to be embarrassed, and we're supposed to be givers. I forget the wordy, the wordage of the Gemara, but we're supposed to be Baishonim and Rachmanim, and we're supposed to be givers and full of chesed, I forget them exactly, but if you don't have those traits, the Gemara wonders, God forbid, if you're a Jewish person. You are not. You don't have a guilty conscience, you don't have embarrassment, you don't have kindness, and compassion you don't have giving reward if you even a part of the Jewish people God forbid those are hallmarks and trademarks of the Jewish people which comes from Avraham besides what Pekarev says whoever possesses these three things he is of the disciples of Avraham our father of course it contrasts with Bilam which is interesting because Bilam is contrasted with Moshe LaHavda, Moshe was a prophet Bilam was a false like non-Jewish prophet he he, the, the non-Jews, Hashem wanted them to have their non-Jewish prophet, so they would never complain and said, if we had a prophet, maybe we would have done better. So he gave him Billam. Of course, that didn't go well. It's interesting why Avram is contrasted with the Balaam, but we look at the traits. A good eye A generous person, a humble spirit, someone who is full of humility, and a moderate appetite, someone who does things in moderation, someone who knows how to be modest and do things in the right way, he is of the disciples of Avram our Father. And the disciples of Avram our Father enjoy this world and inherit the world to come. As it says, I will endow those who love me with substance, I will fill So, Abba was this person that was involved in all of those things. He had a good eye. He had the humble spirit. He had the moderate appetite. And he was full of these things as his core being. And he, and he gave that over to us in our spiritual DNA. And if we have those things, we can be sure that we'll be enjoying this world properly and enjoying the next world. We have to realize that generosity is really one of the best traits to have. Being a generous person. I don't care about the money. Money comes and goes. Being generous, being happy, giving to your wife and kids, giving to others, especially when it's a mitzvah involved, a chesed involved. Don't always worry so much about the money obviously don't break the bank every day but you have to do things in a way to fully love this world and live this world in the right way towards mitzvahs torah and chesed and hashem will get you the money back if you have real emunah, real bitachon. you don't always worry so much about how much money is on the credit card and how much this and how much that you do what you can you do your childless you pay it off in the right manner but you realize that chesed mitzvahs, that's really coming with you after 120 years. Not how much money you have. You could have five tents, you could have five million dollars. Hashem could take, Hashem could give at any second. If you're involved in giving to others, especially in a mitzvah-oriented way, a chesed-oriented way, a generous disposition for your wife, for your kids, your friends and family and those around you, you can never go wrong with that. The Gemara says Hashem will pay you back for money you spend on Yom Tov. Hashem will pay you back for mitzvahs that you spend money on. Hashem will pay you back for Shabbos. Maybe Even tuition, Hashem will get you back. These are things that are core integral to our being and to our needs of taking care of our families taking care of mitzvahs and, and chesed it'll get back to us if you're a humble person Avram says what am I when Hashem promises him that the, there will always be the Jewish people the brisket of and says that will be like the sand of the of the sand or the stars in the heaven Avram is humbled Hashem Avram is so happy that his descendants will be like that and he says what am I I am just dust and ash I am a nothing but Avram did so much so he really was very much something and we look at the passage it says Vayikra B'Shem Hashem, hashem. Early on in the parsha, Lechokot Lech Lech says, it is called in the name of Hashem. In Parak Yubet, Pasuchet. What does it mean, called in the name Hashem? What are we looking from this word, Vayikra? So Rish Lakish says, the Talmud points out in Gemara Sota, a source from Chabad, Rish Lakish says, Read not, and he called Vayikra. But, and he made others call Vayakhrei. The wonderful thing about the Torah, the letters of the Torah, is that it can be read in different ways. It doesn't have to be read Vayakhra, if you're trying to learn things out from the letters, from the words, Vayakhra, but it could also be Vayakhrei. This is to teach us he made others call. Avon caused God's name to be spoken in the mouths of all passerby. Like we mentioned before, how so, the Gemara says, after they ate and drank in his home they wanted to bless him he said to them have you eaten of mine your food has been provided by the god of the world thank praise and bless Hashem he who spoke the world into being what a brilliant way to make a car of people what a brilliant way to be involved with others you really want to reach out to people you really want to touch people in the right way being the car of them in the right way then you got to do it in the practical way you got to feed them feed their feed their stomachs feed their physical being first and then feed their spiritual needs next deal with the physical and then the spiritual you know the whole aspect of this world is elevating the mundane, elevating the base and bringing it into Kedusha, into holiness, taking a wine and making a bracha and it, elevating it, taking chala, bread, bread that comes from the land, that comes from the, the earth, that's elevating it through the brachos, elevating it through, taking it and making it spiritual. Avram figured out how to get people involved by showing them the wonders of the world, starting with food, reaching out to them in a loving manner and brought them close to the Torah. We too on some level should bring people close. If you have a gift for something, for speaking, for reading, for writing, for talking, use it in the way of Torah. Use it in the way of reaching out, showing people how wonderful Hashem is, how wonderful the world is, how wonderful the Jewish people is, how wonderful the land of Israel is and bringing people close tell them stories tell them examples give them advice and point them in the right direction do it in a way that people can reach out to if people like to listen people like to watch people like to read let them do whatever way but reach out to them as avraham did so should we try to do on some level we have to reach out to them just like avraham did on our own level the major rabba and the toast shansen sota also points out the gemara when avraham's guests wished to bless him for his generosity he would generosity would say to them just like we looked that has the food you have eaten been provided by me you should thank praise and bless he who spoke the world into being if they refused look at this if they refused chabad source points out avraham would demand payment for the food they had eaten so they would ask how much do i owe you avraham they would ask a jug of wine is one full of full Avram would say, A pound of meat is one fuller in. A loaf of bread, one fuller in. When the guests would protest these exorbitant prices, Avram would counter, Who supplies you with wine in the middle of the desert? Who supplies you with meat in the desert? Who supplies you with bread in the desert? When the guests would realize the predicament he was in, he would relent and proclaim, Blessed be Hashem, the the God of the world from whose providence we have eaten. And that again comes from Chabad, the Medrash Rabbah, Tos and so to the Gemara Sota. So the question really is is this forcing people to recognize Hashem? Is this twisting the arms of the guests to recognize Hashem? This seems a little bit against the nature of generosity. The Labavitcher Rebbe points out, the teachings of Labavitcher Rebbe pointed out on Chabad, what value, we might ask, was there in such an unwilling proclamation extracted under duress? What value is there when it was got in such a forcible way? Was this not a mere mouthing of words devoid of any conviction as to the truth of the one God or any desire to thank Him for His providence? But Avram had a vision of humanity which convinced him that every positive deed, every word or thought, does have value, no matter how superficial or hypocritical it might seem to a less discerning eye. That brings to mind the idea: mitoch balishma, fake it till you make it. You want to do a mitzvah, but you don't feel it. You want to do a mitzvah, but it doesn't reach the core of your being. I really don't want to. I don't want to make a shiva call lo I don't want to go to a burial low lenu I don't want to give this person. I don't want to cook for this family lahavdil I don't want to give tzedakah. I don't want to do this chesed. God forbid we should ever say such things, but maybe sometimes it comes to our mind it fleeting thoughts that we really don't want to do these things. Maybe really it's a yetzahar for a lot of us. We don't want to do these things. Force yourself to do it. Make it. Fake it till you make it. Force yourself to smile. Push yourself You might not feel it in the beginning, but you push yourself, you pretend to like it. Maybe you really will like it. If you pretend to smile, a lot of times it will make you smile and actually bring the happiness. So you hate food packing, but they really need your help food packing. Put a smile on your face and do it. When your wife or children or friends or family ask you to do something, you really don't want to do it. You grumble and moan in it, they're not going to like it as much. But if you pretend to be happy to do it, even if you're not really happy, you pretend to put on a smile, then maybe you will actually be happy to do it. And many of us, myself for sure included, often I feel begrudging to do something. I feel annoyed to do something and I'll do it, but eh, I might put a frown on my face. Excuse me. I might put a, a grudge. Yeah. I may make a sound, but then maybe if I started to push myself to put a smile on my face when I'm asked to do something, maybe I'll feel more happy to do something. Avram teaches us, even if it's not fully there, no matter how positive or no matter how superficial, hypocritical it might seem, there is still positivity. There's still value to the idea. There's still value to it. Even if you're not feeling it, there's still value to it. Even if you're not fully happy, there's still an ability to do so. Well, Rabbi continues, When Avram looked at his guests, he did not see pagans and idolaters. He saw creatures of Hashem. Halavai, we should all look at each other with the proper Ahavat Khinam. Halavai, we should look at each other and respect each other, even if we don't agree on our political views. We don't agree on actions or statements or how we go about things. Realize everyone has a Selam elokim. Realize everyone has a divine spark. Realize everyone is created in the image of God. Everyone is a creature of Hashem. We might not agree with actions, especially if they do horrible, horrid things or violent, terrible things. We might not agree with them, but fundamentally don't hate the person. Understand they're a creature of Hashem. Hashem created them. Understand they have value, and you should basically love them instead of basically hating things. And maybe we could bring the Beta Megdash back, as the sages and the commentators explain. If the beta Megdash was destroyed because of sinat and baseless hatred, maybe the way to rebuild it is ahavat baseless love. Realize that everyone is a creatures of creatures of God, men and women who have been created in the divine image, who possess the potential inherent. the very essence of their being to recognize the creator and serve his will most often a kind word and a helping hand will bring to light this inner potential all you need to do is say thank you say please how are you today thank you so much you walk by the guard to your son's school say hi thank you have a great day that can change his day a kind word can really Uplift a person's whole day. The bank teller, the barista, the gas attendant, anyone you encounter, give a kind word. Give a kind phrase. Give a helping hand. Thank you so much for doing this for me. It's really cold today. It must be very difficult for you to work in this weather, but I appreciate you filling up my car. We talk about that story all the time. The gas attendant who was broken down, so broken down when he heard about the robber who passed away that used to visit his gas station all the time because he was the only one that gave Time and and value to the life of the gas attendant. How are you, Joe? How is your family? Thank you so much for loading up my car. Tell me, how is your week going? And when this rabbi passed away, the gas attendant was crushed, cause that person, his friend, who reached out to him, really changed his day, changed his life, is now gone. We could be that person easily to anyone we encounter in our life. Generosity of spirit, generosity of words, generosity of benevolence in our attitude could really change everyone and everything around us. Would it really hurt you to smile at the teacher that accepts your son when you drop him off at school or your daughter? Would it hurt you to smile at the parking attendant would it hurt you to smile and say thank you to the crossing guard, say thank you to the person that prepared your food? It always baffles me when people go and they give and they give their trays back and they and they pay for the food, they don't even say thank you. It's like anathema to my being. Of course, sometimes I might forget if I'm in a rush or whatnot, but by and by my wife and I always try to have a car of gratitude, thanking people for what they do for us. It baffles me how it could be that people don't have the basic proper manners, decency, and their carats. Anyone that has Helps you should be thanked why not does it hurt you to say thank you if it'll show that you're appreciative besides for paying them you could give them a tip you could add on to what you pay them they probably are paid by the company giving them the extra 10 or 20 is not going to destroy your wallet it's not going to destroy your life Kind words, kind actions, interactions can really change an entire people's life. This inner potential could come out and really change the world around you. At times, however, a soul might be so encrusted by negative influences and a corrupted character that a certain degree of pressure must be applied to quell its resistance to a godly need. Of course, any use of such pressure must conform to the dictates of God's Torah whose ways are the ways of pleasantness and all its pathways are peace, as in the case of Abram's legitimate demand for payment. Lubavitcher continues and explains from the sources in Chabad, Avram understood that no human acknowledgement of God can ever be hypocritical. On the contrary, a denial of God is the ultimate hypocrisy, for it is at variance with the person's quintessential being. When a creature of Hashem proclaims Blessed be the God of the world from whose providence we have eaten nothing can be more consistent with his or her innermost self. We we learn the awesome power the beautiful power the innermost power of Avraham and how he came about his service of Hashem giving generosity modesty humility are all traits we should have adam teaches us that he made others be Maccarve to Hashem in the right way giving them to eat for the physicality and getting them to eat spirituality, teaching them about Hashem. Abram was so generous, he wanted to do so much. He was the Amur Maat Baseharbe. He gave so much and said so little, going above and beyond the famous Surf Saddin. We too should go above and beyond the minimal that's required of us. We should realize how to give to others. We should be so generous and realize that even if we don't want to do things sometimes, we should push ourselves because even if it starts that you don't want to, maybe you'll come to actually like it and do it. We should put a smile on our face when we're asked to do things even if we don't want to do things because maybe we'll feel more happy about it. Realize we all have inner potential, an ability to to engross ourselves in helping others, being there for others, interacting nicely, generous, with others, always saying please and thank you. Have a good day. Thank you so much. I really appreciate X, Y, and Z you do for me. Anyone that helps you, anyone that interacts with you, anything that does anything with you, the way of the Torah is pleasantness. The way we te- we're learning from Avram is pleasantness. All the generations he got the reward because he finally stood up and showed the show the right things to have. He withstood all the trust. We should stand up and withstand any test we're given. Realize it's given to us from Hashem. Of course it's difficult to stand up, but on some level just say the words Gamzu Latova if something happens. Low well, should never be anything terrible. But if you're missing your 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 iPod you're missing some money you're missing your car keys let's find it let's not lose our cool in traffic or at a meeting anything happens it's all from Hashem withstand whatever test Hashem sends to you realize it's because Hashem loves you He sends you tests and withstand whatever way you can like Avraham did realize that so many generations came until Avraham finally came and taught us the spiritual DNA that we need to be generous we need to be humble we need to have a moderate appetite we need to be compassionate and kind and be embarrassed and realize what we're supposed to be here for if we follow those ways, we realize to have avad to really care for others and do for others, maybe, maybe we could finally have Mashiach come, the building of the third base major speedily in our days, may it be today. Join us next time as we talk the audio DT with Reb T. And I'm your host, Reb T.